We're joined now by Jerry Mayor Judson. I was just thinking about uh, Mike Klassen's uh, conversation, which we just had right before the uh, the commercial break there. And uh, I was curious, uh, in mm-hmm. Calgary, you have yeah. retail outlets, sell beer yes. and wine, all yeah. of that, right? Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. You do. do grocery stores sell alcohol? No, grocery stores do not sell alcohol. You can't find beer or wine in the grocery store. But what the grocery stores a lot of the time do have is in the parking lot, there will be a branded liquor store. So Safeway has a Safeway liquor store two meters in the parking lot away from the Safeway or Costco. Of course, you know, the Costco liquor store, that's their superstore has a liquor store out there. So yeah. every store it's in co-op, co-op has a liquor store always in the same so complex. It's right next to the <laughs> seasonal stuff. Like, yeah, like so like we need your gardening or, <laughs> like or pretty much is where it would be. <laughs> so if you needed salt for your drive in the middle of winter, yes, you could pick up some vodka. Yeah. You <laughs> right get a box of wine and a bag of salt. It would be great. <laughs> really? But truly. Yeah. So I remember the first time I ever went to Toronto, I went into a Loblaws and I saw that there was beer and wine in the store and in the Loblaw store. I was like, oh my goodness, this yeah. is amazing. It's a one-stop shop. I can get everything I need. Well, it's uh, we're, we're better than where we were 10, 15 years ago, but it's amazing that the city, of, we're celebrating the city of Vancouver finally saying yes. Yeah. The sub, we suburb folks, we've been doing okay for a while, but these <laughs> folks are in Vancouver proper have gotten around it. But let's uh, let's talk about another issue, a very serious issue yes. in regards to uh, medical assistance and dying. There's a lot mm-hmm. of talk around um, uh, those folks that um, have substance abuse, a mental illness, and now yeah. the conversation of MAID or medical assistance dying, w- w- that conversation is now including those folks as well? Yes. So there was a two-year, I believe, extension on saying whether or not people who suffer from mental illness would qualify for medical assistance in dying or be allowed to meet some eligibility criteria. And that two-year extension is officially coming to an end as of March 2024. Mm-hmm. So it's coming up. It's in the news now because we are reviewing it. We're talking about it. Um, they're retooling it and seeing what what needs to actually happen to these eligibility criteria. But the problem that some people have been saying is, well, mental illness covers substance use disorder. And, and you know, what? why are we saying that? Like, Bart, is, is, is it, you know, are we officially giving up on people with substance use disorder? Because that's sort of the message that the federal government is sending, whether they might mean to or not. Um, so I talked to Guy Felicella. Of course, he is a harm reduction and recovery advocate. And I asked him what his kind of first impressions of this news were. I think it's just absolutely brutal. If you think about, you know, where we are with, you know, people who are struggling with substances and basically seems like we're trying to give up by saying like, hey, we'll give you this alternative, which to me is that I've never met anybody um, in addiction who want to end their life. They don't want to live the way they're living, but never had somebody say like, I just want to you know, in my life. And often it's, you know, I want to change, but I just don't know how. So the assisted dying thing is, I mean, it's just, it was just, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, if it passes would be, you know, pretty much unforgivable. What you're saying completely makes sense. That's what I thought of too. My my thing too is the the current criteria for it. It lists grievous and irreversible conditions, and you have to wonder why that's being expanded to conditions like, say, substance use disorder, which like can wildly fluctuate, kind of depending on what's going on in your life and the amount of resources you have access to, right? Yeah, I, I mean, here we are in a you know crisis that takes what 22 Canadians every day across mm-hmm. the country. You know, six here in British Columbia. Obviously, you know, we have this Band-Aid approach 
with our harm reduction services that don't get to the root issues that people are struggling with. Obviously, you can look at the toxic drug supply that kills people. And then also with that, because of the drug supply being so toxic, it is creating more addiction, therefore making um, it more challenging to have access to treatment and recovery services. And so for me, it's just, you know, why wouldn't you first try absolutely implementing more harm reduction strategies, more access to recovery and treatment, more housing, and, and do all these uh, things that have been neglected for so long instead of just, you know, throwing out that, hey, uh, this might be an option for people to, you know, uh, access and aid. Yeah, like you said, I think that we could just spend more energy and more effort in saying that we did everything we could with regard to harm reduction and, and, and treatment implementation, but it really does seem like we just kind of threw in the towel. See, I don't give up on people. One thing I know about, you know, uh, eating addiction treatment is that it's, you know, it's a chronic relapsing condition with many roads and roller coaster rides, but, you know, people do get there. Sometimes it, it takes time. And, you know, what we're saying is that, hey, you know, if it gets really bad and your life sucks, like here, you can just end it. Um, and to me, I just, I just can't, I just can't support anything like that. I just find it. Listen, I, I'll support stuff for people with, with heavy chronic pain conditions that just can't function at all in our society. I think there's a place for that, but for something like this, it's just absolutely unacceptable. And it shouldn't even be a topic of conversation. How about just let's fund billions of dollars into recovery and treatment and, and harm reduction instead of allowing people, if they want to make the choice, to die. Uh, just listen to Guy there. Uh, I would totally agree with him. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I was on the Fraser Health 30 board, and you know, talking about this um, off air before. And when MAID was introduced okay. uh, as being on the board, it was a tough decision. And, and there's tremendous amount of opinions on both sides of this issue. Yes, yeah, certainly. And even within a medical community, right? And that was a tough, a, a tough call, but, but I think we made the right call, and mm -hmm. people may disagree with that. But when you start talking about medical assistance dying with people with mental illnesses, including substance uh, abuse disorder, uh, I think that's a tremendous, tremendous slippery slope. And I don't think yeah. we want to go there as a society. Not no, a certainly not. It's like, the, it's like the grievous and irreversible conditions clause that's in it. And a mental illness is not that. Substance yeah. use disorder is not that. They fluctuate too much. Like, I don't know. It's, I'm not a doctor. But. I'm open. I'm, I have an open mind. I love to listen to folks who are advocating for this just to get their opinion yeah. on this. But it's certainly my initial response would be, well, I don't, that, that is just going way too far for society, in my opinion, mm -hmm. at this point. But I'm open to listen to those who advocate for it. I'm not sure how many there are, but if they are willing to listen. Oh, totally. But I think uh, the vast majority of Canadian society, when they hear that, uh, certainly... Um, doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good.